Good morning and welcome to Tuesday morning, February the 20th and 2024 on When I Rise. Today we continue year B, the second Sunday in Lent, and on the Tuesday of the week, I'd like to take a look at the Psalm passage, which comes to us from this week from the Revised Common Lectionary, in this week of the church's calendar year. And so we find ourselves in Psalm 22, kind of a famous one here. We're going to read this verses 23 through 31. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making us part of your morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Psalm 22, verses 23 through 31. Let me tell your name to my brothers. In the assembly, let me praise you. Fears of the Lord, O praise him. All the seed of Jacob, revere him. And be afraid of him, all Israel's seed. For he has not spurned nor has despised the affliction of the lowly and has not hidden his face from him. When he cried out to him, he heard. For you, my praise in the great assembly, my vows I fulfill before those who fear him. The lowly will eat and be sated. Those who seek him will praise the Lord. May you be of good cheer forever. All the far ends of the earth will remember and return to the Lord. All the clans of the nations will bow down before you. For the Lord is the kingship, and he rules over the nations. Yes, to him will bow down and all the netherworld's sleepers. Before him will kneel all who go down to the dust, whose life is undone. My seed will serve him. It will be told to the master for generations to come. This is the word of God for us. All right, so it shouldn't be surprised to us that in the season of Lent that is um, highly attended to um, in the church's calendar year, that we're going to get a lot of the famous psalms. We're not just going to get some of these unknown, obscure ones that are in the Psalter, but we're going to get the the bangers, right? Uh, the favorites of the crowd as we prepare ourselves for Easter. And uh, Psalm 22 is one of these uh, famous ones. If you can look up towards the very beginning of the psalm, you'll see that it starts with the uh, the Lama Sabachthani that Jesus says at the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And that line really sets off the first half of the psalm, which is a personal lament. It's almost like a person is looking around in real time and seeing all the trouble that's come their way. Um, some even call it the dereliction of God, where they seem to be left all alone. And there's this cry for, okay, I've, I've been left alone long enough. <laughs> like I need to be rescued here because there's an encroachment all of these problems in my life. But the verses that we read this morning are actually the pivot change in the psalm. It goes from a, a, a you know a psalm of lament and worry to a psalm of celebration and almost a prophecy, a foretelling of God being exalted among the nations and all the peoples, not spurning this God, but worshiping this God. And this is, this is at the heart of what it means to prepare ourselves for Easter. Uh, Jesus uh, throughout the first part, of, particularly the synoptic gospels, like he doesn't want people to know who he is. Like he leaves them, um, you know, wanting and wondering. He calls himself simply the Son of Man. Now he's twisting together a few different important pieces of the Old Testament, but he seems to be doing it so that 
all of who he is is not revealed all at once, but there's like this fuse that's lit early on in the Gospels. And we'll begin to see that in the Gospel readings of Lent. And that people begin to wonder. And it's like this long and winding fuse that's burning until finally at the end, it's all revealed at the cross and resurrection. Uh, but ultimately, Jesus is going to be installed as this one whom the nations will seek. We see this in a different place, like Psalm chapter 2, where God installs his king on Zion's hill. And um, all the nations will begin to call uh, this, this one, this king, its king and God. And uh, that is the great promise that uh, Israel was waiting upon, is that God would give the Messiah. And it was just simply understood that whoever was ever the Messiah of Israel would also be the world's one Lord, because all of God's promises would rest upon this one and all the justice of God would be distributed through this one as well. This God would judge the world with justice. And so here we have just another hint in the Psalter of who this God is going to be. And uh, as it said other, in other places in the Old Testament, this, this one Messiah would be the desired of the nations. The people would see this one as the wise one and the just one, which puts the world back in order. And I don't know about you, but I've got that same longing today as it, as the ancient uh, community did. Um, we have a world that I love, and I think that you love it as well. And that we see a lot of potential in this world around us. We also see a lot of devastation, and so we have the same, we have the same you know, urging that this yearning within us is that God would somehow set it all straight, and all the world would be put to the rights, and that uh, there would be justice that would be handed out, and that God would lift those who are lowly. And I love that part of our reading this morning. It's that God's not going to forsake the ones who've been looked over, who've been picked on, and who've been cast to the side. That God is going to lift up even their plight, and that they're going to be kept in a place of safety. We just wake to a world today that's got so much injustice. We have, you know, a third of the planet doesn't have access to good water, and we've got people who are under the strain of tyrannical kings. We have people who are stolen from in order to feed the very few who have plenty. And so this day, as we look at this world, and if this world is truly still God's, we raise our voices like the ancient community did, and we say, "How long?" and Will you forsake us? And so what we see in the cross and resurrection is that this God is not going to forsake us, but this God is going to renew all things. That starts within us, but it also happens through us, throughout all the nations. And so this day, as you and I allow our souls to rise to meet God, may we have that same cry within us, that God would not forsake this world, but that he would love it and he would redeem it from its mess and ultimately allow Jesus to be exalted every square inch of it. So with those things in mind, let's spend some time praying to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you that we are not forsaken. You know, we may resonate with the lament of the psalmist that we find this morning. We thank you that that lament won't get the last word, that we can be honest about uh, the struggles that we face or the struggles that we see profoundly shake the earth we thank you that there is a better word a lasting word in jesus and we thank you that since jesus was not abandoned in the grave but was resurrected that you're pulling all the cosmos with him out of the grave and so god this day we just pray for our own lives for the dead places that still need to be tended to we pray that you would raise us up for the dead places and the places of great struggle in the in the world today we pray for resurrection power to be spoken over it because we do believe that all the nations will seek our God. 
Lord, we still believe that you're the desired of the nations. And so we pray that you'd stir every soul within the planet. And we pray on the planet. And we pray, God, that the people would seek your face. They would know your salvation. And they'd find the life that is truly life. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.